Welcome to the Lewis Jonker Podcast. Lewis is a speaker, storyteller, preacher and poet. Hope you get something out of this talk. I believe that God has done a new thing as we as a church have followed his leading and launched this service. Can you see it? Many of you have walked through these doors and found a new home. Many of you have found a new sense of hope. We have seen a new generation of musicians lead us in worship and we have seen new faces rise up to serve. There was a time, (laughs) there was a time where we were in fear of the future or at least some people were. I was in many conversations with individuals as we watched 25 young adults leave our church following the calling of God to plant Greenhouse Church. And I had many conversations with concerned individuals. Oh no, what about the young adults ministry? And it looked like the young adult community left behind was worse for wear. But we've seen a way through the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Forget the former things for now we have new flourishing connect groups. Three young adult connect groups on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. If you're not in a young adult connect group, join one. It's amazing. We've seen new public declarations of faith as evidenced by baptism last week. God is faithful to his promises. And we have experienced revitalization, declared all things new, and we have sung a new song. But now is not the time to rest on our laurels. Now is not the time to sit back and relax. No, the transforming power of God is always at work. And although he has already done considerably more than we could ever think or imagine, I want to continue to see God renew his church renew our community and renew our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The renewal of his church, the renewal of community and the renewal of us. And I believe that God would like to speak to the PM service about the work of the Holy Spirit in the renewal of our church, community and our lives. And so tonight I want to focus on that and and speak about that. Uh, reading from Acts 2.1. But first, I would like to, uh, can we please give a big round of applause? Um, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Skinner and Luke Skelton have created this stage design for us. Can we give a big round of applause for that for a second? Yeah. Now, but what you'll notice is currently it's a little bit empty. Currently it's a little bit Bear. But every week throughout this series, we're doing a series on This Is Who We Are. We're going to be going through our five church values and what they mean for this expression of Narara. Every week, Brooklyn is going to paint a new panel with, with notes and ideas about whatever the sermon was about the week before. But she would like your help. So on the blackboard, on the blackboard at the back, it says renewed and renewing. And on your way out, if you would like to add to Brooklyn's work of art that she's going to be doing on this stage design. We'd love you to draw a picture, write a note, write your favourite line, write what God's speaking to you about, because she's going to turn each panel into a work of art as we come each and every week, and so I'm pretty excited about that. That could be very cool. So uh, I was expecting these, uh, these palettes to be a little... I was expecting it to be a little bit more flimsy, but apparently Luke knows what he's doing. So... Uh, Thank you, Luke, for for making something that's going to last. Things should last. 
You know, uh, the second law of thermodynamics, and I'm not a physicist by any means, so I'm absolutely going to butcher this concept and butcher this idea. But it's something along the lines of, if you leave something to its own devices, if you have an object, it's going to slowly deteriorate, even at a, like, at a, a, at a molecular level. Things are always deteriorating. If you have something new, it'll eventually deteriorate. I was thinking about my jet ski, which I like to bring up all the time because it's, well, it's the coolest thing about me. I don't have much else going for me. But, oh, you just saw an insight into my own personal insecurities. We've got to be real around here, real and relational. That's a different week. I need to stick to this week's sermon. I, uh, my dad's the mechanic. My dad's the mechanic. My dad is, like, amazing with, like, mechanical stuff and all this sort of thing. I said to the PM service, Yonks ago, I did a sermon. I talked about when I was five years old uh, and I was, you know, five years old. My dad was trying to get me to help me with his, you know, car and he was changing the oil or something. And so he's underneath the car and he's pulled out the, the screw. I guess that's, is that a sump plug? But yeah, the, the real men in the room are nodding. Uh, pulled out the sump plug and he's like, oh, Lewis, can you hold this for me? You know, just trying to get me involved as a five-year-old. And I look at this thing and I just chuck it into the bonnet of the car. <laughs> for no reason and my dad said at that point in time he went oh yes he's not going to be uh, he's not going to be a mechanic it's probably going to be one of those musical theater boys or something like that. you know what I mean uh, I, I had no idea what I was doing from a very young age so my dad's the mechanic I don't look after things very well so my jet ski and I, I, I let I let my friend borrow my jet ski one day and my friend's out on the jet ski and all of a sudden the jet ski starts beeping ferociously and, I, and I'm not there. And he calls me and he's like, oh, what could it be? I was probably sucked up some seaweed, you know, get in the water, look underneath, pull out the seaweed. That wasn't the case. And now he's wet for no reason. Keeps beeping and he says, oh, actually, there's an oil light on, on the screen. And of course, he's somewhere out near your miner and I'm in Erina. And I'm thinking, oh, no. <laughs> he's stranded in the middle of the whatever. And well, luckily, I actually had a friend, Jesse Manners, who lives out that way, who was very graciously went and bought some oil and took it to my friend who got to fill up the oil. And my jet ski had deteriorated by its own accord. The, the oil filter had rusted out because of salt water and started leaking crazily. And so even though they put two litres in it to get back to me in Gosford, where I was waiting, it had all gone by the time they got back because Lewis had left it to its own devices and had failed to continue to check the oil filter and check the oil. My friend, and I was, the be- I was his best man at his wedding, but I'd, he was very angry at me for a very long time for not checking the oil before he went out on my jet ski. And I said, ah, you're the skipper, mate. It's your job. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. I, I, I apologised profusely. Things left to their own devices. At one point, this jet ski was new. I remember when I first got it, and it was like I rode it every day. It was new. It was new. It was awesome. But left to its own devices, without checking the oil, without making sure the oil was good, it stopped. (laughs) And it was awful. (laughs) And, like, you, you don't even want to imagine what it looked like me standing in the driveway trying to fix this thing. Like, you do not want to imagine that. But I think we're the same. God has done a new thing here and God does a new thing in our lives, especially when we come to salvation, when we come to the gospel. He does a new thing, but we need to look after the oil. We need to, oh, Josh White's sermon this morning was absolutely unbelievable. If, if, you, if you didn't get to hear the sermon this morning, I encourage you to jump on the MVBC Facebook page and watch it because it was absolutely, it was a phenomenal message. And I forgot why I even was giving you a compliment. Maybe I was just meant to give you a compliment. I forget where I was going with that. 
but he stole most of my sermon points. I think that's where I was going with it. And the idea, like, the Spirit is so important in renewing our lives. And uh, I believe God wants to do something with with the oil of his Spirit. So, um, and my suspicion is that the Spirit is something that maybe a lot of us haven't talked about a lot. We talk a lot about Jesus, we talk a lot about God the Father, but my suspicion is there's a lot of people in the room that would still, when they think of the Holy Spirit, they're still, they've still got a lot of questions. And even in my study for this sermon, I, I, I was like doing my study in Google searches and so many opinions on the Holy Spirit, so many thoughts on the Holy Spirit. I did a Bible college subject on the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you what Bible college is. They give you a bunch of readings of a bunch of different theologians who all disagree and they say, do an assignment on this. And you're like, well, I don't know which. So that's what like half of Bible college is. So I want to really unpack some of the, just some of the simple basic guides on how we can have uh, the Holy Spirit in our lives. I'm still trying to think what Josh White said in his sermon that I wanted to make note of. I'll make note of a million different points because it was so good. Please go back and watch it and you'll hear it for yourself. Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Some translations say they were together in one accord, in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now where they were staying in Jerusalem... God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. They were staying in Jerusalem. God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elmites. I've butchered all those. Residents of Mesopotamia. Potamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia. I know Asia, that's an easy one. The point is they came from all over the place (laughs) and from even Rome. Both Jews and converts to Judaism. It's still going, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, each other, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They've had too much wine. (laughs) Odd. Then Peter stood up with the 11. Peter, one of the apostles of Jesus, with, with with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. It's five o'clock somewhere. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. (laughs) And he goes on to declare the gospel and declare the work of what God is doing. He goes on to declare the good things. We just did the Jonah series and I thought that was such a good gospel series. But right now I want to move on to the work of the Holy Spirit. And just some points from this passage that I read. And it really is beautiful. When you get home, read the rest of Acts 2 because Peter's way of explaining the gospel is absolutely so beautiful. It comes to the end when he's finished explaining the gospel. With many other words, he, ra- he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt rep- de- generation. Then those who accepted his message were baptised. And listen to this. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. About 3,000 were added to their church that day 
crazy stuff. When you share the gospel, when you share the good news of Jesus, when the Holy Spirit shows up, oh my goodness, does the church grow? Does the community change? Do we see change in ourselves? We really, really need the Holy Spirit. So I just wanted to pull out some points from this passage. I want to give you some context first. Why were they all sitting in a room waiting? Well, because back in Acts 1, Jesus tells them, because this is before Jesus' ascension, so Jesus is going to ascend and he's going to hover up into heaven, I guess is the, I mean, ascend sounds a bit more holy than that, but, you know, they watched him say goodbye. And he said, but before, uh, you know, after I leave, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John the Baptist baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit. So after Jesus ascends, they're all waiting because Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem where you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit. You know, this thing's going to show up, which I've been speaking to you about. Your helper, your comforter, your empowerment, it's going to show up. And so they're waiting. And then Josh White also stole this scripture. I was going to talk about Isaiah where it says, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength, rise up on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not go faint. It was much better when he said it this morning. But thank you for stealing all the points. Yep. When you wait on the Lord, he shows up. He is faithful to his promise. So they're waiting. And they're praying. There's a scene, in, there's a show on Netflix, I think it's called AD, and it's like the work of Jesus. And a lot of it, I mean, you have to eat the fish and spit out the bones because a lot of it's not really in the Bible itself. But this scene in particular, they're just standing in a circle in this room and they're just saying the Lord's Prayer over and over and over again. They're just sitting, waiting in a room, saying the Lord's Prayer over and over and over again until this mighty wind and this crash happens. So they're waiting. And when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, like the sound of a blowing violent wind came from heaven. They were all together, all in one accord, in one place. The word there, my NIV translation doesn't have the word accord in it. But in some translations, it does say the word accord. It says they were all in one accord and together in, they were all together in one accord and in one place. And I don't know why the NIV has taken it out, because this word accord is really important. I looked it up in the Greek, and it's homothymodon, which is a mix of two words. The first word being a boiling up a heat, a passion, and even the word anger. And the other word is together. So this word accord literally means they were all together in this, they all had this, they were all together in this, they all had the same passion, they all had the same anger, they all had the same boiling up, boiling over. I'm not very good at cooking. So when I put a pot on to boil, it's, it's a massive mess because the pot boils over and goes everywhere and I know that's not meant to happen when I'm cooking but it's a good analogy maybe you've seen it in your own cooking it boils over they just walked with Jesus they just seen him die and be resurrected they just seen his ascension and they're just boiling over wait they're just in this waiting this anticipation they're all in one accord they feel the same passion they feel it bubbling up I wonder in this room if you have that bubbling up within you there's some people in the room I saw someone visiting today Nathan Seal's visiting today I love going and having dinner with Nathan Seal because when me and Nathan Seal talk I feel like we're together in one accord because I know that me and Nathan Seal have differences of opinions on lots of different theological things. He's got, he's got more than me. He's a very smart guy. But 
when we talk, there's this, we're together in one accord, like there's this bubbling up, there's this heat, there's this passion to see God transform the community, to see God transform the coast, to see God transform whatever weird thing we're talking about on that night, whether it be God transform the fact, please, may we not have to wear masks anymore, or may it be, please God, would you reach regional towns in Australia? We have this same passion, this same bubbling up, and I love hanging out with Nathan. I love waiting on the Lord with Nathan. It's what I love doing, and I love being in a room full of people like that. I wonder if you have the same bubbling up as me. And as they were together in one accord, suddenly, like a sound of a blowing and violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting to worship and to be in in the presence of the Lord. Doesn't matter if you stand, doesn't matter if you sit, doesn't matter if you raise your hands, doesn't matter if people are dancing around like chickens, doesn't matter if people are lying out on the floor with a modesty blanket, doesn't matter if you're just sitting. None of that matters. What matters is the And I mean, this would have been scary. (laughs) Hurricane hits. I mean, I would have been running. I would have been like, well, what are they? Duck, cover, hide, sit behind a table, grab onto something strong. I would have been scared. And then fire comes above their heads. Call Gary Wardlaw, the firefighter. (laughs) Put this thing out. What's going on? I've been, I would tell you what, I would have been freaked out. And then someone's telling me, Lewis, you're on fire. I'm saying, no, you're on fire. It's like, this is a, this is a crazy moment. I'll tell you this. This this is, I mean, we haven't seen that happen in MVBCPM yet. The day will come. We have fire extinguishers at uh, every door, follow the exit signs, we have a fire escape plan. We're all good. Thought that would have been freaky, right? I have in my notes here this the Holy Spirit. You know, as I was doing my research, I thought if if I sent any one of our young people home to Google the Holy Spirit. How do I have the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? If it's sent home to Google, oh my goodness, they're going to go, oh my goodness, they're going to hear some information. It's going to be so much theory. But I believe that sometimes encounters with God, encounters with the Holy Spirit, encounters with God is doing is empirical, meaning it's observed, it's experienced. It's not always theory or pure logic. I tell you what, in this moment, that. I mean, Jesus told him about the Holy Spirit, but it's not like Jesus said, there's going to be a hurricane and you're all going to be on fire and you're all going to start speaking different languages. Jesus didn't tell him that much. Like, yeah, he told him, oh, there's this thing called the Holy Spirit. It'll be your comforter and your helper. Next minute, fire. Yeah, some comforter that is. Like, I'd be freaking out. (laughs) It's not always theory or pure logic it's it's experience it's empirical I wonder if some people in this room would go oh I want that I want that experience and you've heard all the words you've been in church you've been in a Christian school but you want the experience you've got to wait on the Lord you've got to have a bubbling over and be in one accord yeah we're still good for time now, this part, this part is a bit whacked out, and I did go to a Pentecostal church for a long time, and I do personally speak in tongues, but I'm not going to preach about that in particular because I want you to come back next week. <laughs> 
And all of them filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The word tongues here means languages. Whenever you hear the word tongues in the Bible, the word is translated, it's like languages. They began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. And where they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation, there were God-fearing Jews from every nation. And when they heard this sound, the crown came together in bewilderment because each of them heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these people Galileans? Like, isn't that a fisherman? Isn't that a... You know, isn't that a tax collector? Isn't that a, like, how, how do they know what, I, how do they know my language? And everyone there standing around going, and you heard the list of, you know, places before, all sp- and, and they're all hearing it in their own language, and they're going, how is this possible? They must be drunk. It's weird stuff, right? And I don't want to really want to get into the theology of speaking in tongues as such, but I will say this, the Holy Spirit enabled them to reach people. The Holy Spirit enabled them to be understood. As Christians, we get so afraid of, I I think we actually get afraid of like evangelizing, of going into the world and speaking to people. Because sometimes I think we think, they're just not going to understand me. They're just, I I don't, I'm not eloquent enough to speak like that. I don't have the confidence to tell people about the gospel or whatever's going on. But I believe that the Spirit enables us. I mean, in other parts of the Bible, it talks about when you become, you know, when you come up against confronting situations, the Holy Spirit will give you utterance and give you the words to speak. And I believe that actually happens in our community when you are bold enough to go out and speak. I believe that the Holy Spirit will give you a new language that people in the community can understand, that people can, un- can learn from and grow from. I really believe the Holy Spirit empowers us to do that, give you new languages. Um, I've heard this, that like the best way to learn, the best way to learn a new language is, uh, I heard another preacher talk about this, it's like the best way to learn a new language is to marry someone who speaks that language. Because when you live with someone who speaks that language, just you pick it up. And... um, and I think that's true. The person who gave that sermon was someone who was married to someone who spoke a different language. So that's the sort of context of, that's their anecdotal evidence of why that's true. But they're like, they didn't need to go to any classes. They didn't need to go to any language school. They just lived with someone who spoke the language. And I guess they felt gossiped about behind their back when, you know, the mother-in-law came over. So they thought, oh, I better learn some of this. <laughs> the best way for you to learn a new language is to spend time with God. The best way for you to learn a new language is to spend time with God. The best way for you to learn a new language is to spend time with God. Live with him. Be his bride. He will change the church. Renew the church. He'll renew the community. And he'll renew us. Then Peter stood up with the eleven raised his voice, he was a yelling preacher, he raised his voice and addressed the crowd. And I've heard this preached a few different times and maybe I'm reading too much into the text or reading too much in between the lines, but I think it's a very good thought. Peter was not a schooled public speaker. He was not one of the educated boys that got to be trained up to be a rabbi uh, or a teacher of the law. He was not one of these educated people, but he was, he was a fisherman, and for some reason, the whole, when the Holy Spirit comes, it gives Peter a boldness to be able to stand up and declare in front of supposedly, well, it must be more than 3,000 people, the gospel, a fisherman. 
I don't know if you're in the room and this is exactly what I was talking about before and you're like, oh, insecure about like sharing the gospel or I, I really love seeing new people take the, the microphone. Tom Condorzi, good job for stepping out of your comfort zone continually and being filled with boldness. I absolutely love seeing that. Sometimes the Holy Spirit gives us a bold, and the Holy Spirit gives Peter a boldness. It transformed him. The Holy Spirit transforms us, and I'm going to jump around Scripture a bit here, but the Holy, even the fruit of the Spirit, which Josh White spoke about this morning again, He transforms us. He gives us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. He transforms us. I wonder what parts, I wonder what bits of those that we need to transform our world. Because when I'm, you know, flipping the bird at someone, two cars in front of me at the, at the traffic lights, it's not really sharing the gospel, is it? I don't do that. <laughs> Tell you what, you've got to be careful. You've got one of those fish stickers on your car. You've got to be real careful. If you've got one of those fish stickers on your car, you better never be flipping the bird at no one. I tell you that right now. I've actually got a little Jesus bobblehead. Because it's a little Jesus bobblehead. I don't know if that's sacrilegious or funny or whatever, but so, I know, I, sometimes I'm driving, I've got to be like, don't look at me, Jesus, don't look at me. Don't look at me. Just cover the little bobblehead's eyes, you know. But it trans- the Spirit transforms us. When you wait on the Lord, you renew your strength. When you wait on the Lord, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, when you're together in accord, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes, and I do believe in one sense that the baptism of the Spirit and my personal hermeneutic might be that that happens at the point of salvation. So we all in the room who believe in Jesus have the Holy Spirit. He helps us to, inter- to see Him in the world and to interpret Scripture. So I, 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 I do believe that. I know a lot of people don't, but that is my point of view. So we've all been baptised by the Holy Spirit, and I believe that He is continuing to renew us. We're not just renewed, but we're continuing to be renewed. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I need all of that. Josh White said the same thing this morning, but I tell you what, I need it more than Josh White. (laughs) I keep mentioning Josh White. He was the guy playing guitar, by the way, just so you all know, so you're not thinking... Who the heck's Josh White? It was a really good sermon. He probably doesn't like public declarations of affirmation, so it's probably, I can't see him because the lights are too bright, so I'm just going to keep complimenting you. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Peter gets up. He's been made bold. He preaches the gospel. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women. I hope you all heard that, both men and women. I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, everyone who calls on Jesus will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen, Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs, which God did among you through him. And you yourselves know, I mean, you saw it, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of all the other wicked men, because they were all a bit wicked, put him to death by nailing him on a cross. 
But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also rest in hope because you will not be abandoned to the realm of the dead. You will let your Holy One You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known the paths of my life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, I tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried and his tomb is here today. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him an oath on which he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body decay. God raised this Jesus, Jesus. This is a church about Jesus. Narara Valley Baptist Church is a church about Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. To life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out that you now see and hear. The Holy Spirit empowers you to see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord has said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool for your feet. That's a really good verse, isn't it? But it seems a bit savage. God is so good, it will make your enemies your footstools. It seems a bit savage, but nonetheless, Peter with boldness. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. I wonder if when you first heard the gospel, you were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? In the light of all this, what should we do? In the light of this Jesus. Peter replied, repent, which again, negative connotations, but what Peter says is, change your ways and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of the sins. If you're in this room and you feel like you've done stuff that you can't be forgiven of, if you trust in Jesus, he has forgiven you. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Again, that's where my hermeneutic about once you believe in Jesus and you repent of your sins, I believe the Holy Spirit comes to live within you. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. It's beautiful. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted this message were baptised and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Josh, may you come up? So your love language is actually acts of service. By a long way. (laughs) Not too long. (laughs) I won't let your fingers hurt, Josh. God has done something new here and we're a church when we wrote these church values and the first one being renewed and renewing I should have said that at the start I don't think they're aspirational values in a sense of we didn't write a bunch of things we want you to be we didn't write down a bunch of values that we want the church to be we went on a really long discernment process 
And we thought, what is at the heart of our church? What is at the heart of Narara Valley Baptist Church? What do these people exude? What are these people, what, what do we see these people living by? And we saw a church that really believes in this concept of renewed and renewing. We saw a church that believes that anyone who comes to Jesus is renewed to new life in Him. And we see a church that embraces this concept of constantly renewing, the renewing of our minds, the renewing of our spirit, growing together in love and unity, growing together in the fruits of the Spirit. That's what we see. That's what I see this service as. But from a, from, a, from a purely NVBC PM perspective, I believe that God has done a new thing here. I really do, to the core of me, because I have eyes and I can look around and there shouldn't be this many people here, but here you all are. But I don't want it to stop there. I don't want the oil to run out. I want us to embrace the work, the continual work that God is doing. I want us to embrace the work of the Holy Spirit And I want us to constantly be in a state of renewal. I want to see renewal of the church, the Holy Spirit flood. I want us to be in one accord. I want us to have a bubbling over. I want to see a renewal of our community where we are bold enough to go into our community and see it changed, to have conversations with people, to bring people the good news of Jesus Christ, to actually, the, the gospel is not just for these four walls. In here, we're just preaching to the choir. I want to get out there. I want to, and I want to see a renewal of us because to be honest, I want to stop having so much road rage. <laughs> That's the least of my problems. I want to have stop having all that other stuff as well, right? And I believe through the Holy Spirit, when we get together in one accord, one mm, can happen. I'd love you all to bow your heads, close your eyes.